Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs and have some fun. You gotta give us a shot. You know what? You gotta give us a shot. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Clapback Sports. I'm your host, The Mage. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Tino. How are you, Tino? I'm doing all right, Mage. I'm glad we got the show off. You know, I'm doing better that I'm here with all my friends to talk sports. That's We're going to talk sports today. We are. And uh, well, I was going to get into baseball, but let's not. Let's not. Let's not do it. <laughs> we have a guest with us today. Mr. Jonathan Paraselli, how are you, Jonathan? What's up, buddy? Doing well. Hey, really thanks for the introduction. Well, <laughs> you quit the show. He's yeah. back. I, I just want my spotlight so I can plug my new Twitter handle, man. You <laughs> all I give a fuck about. So earlier today, you told me that you weren't coming on the pod and that you quit. Don't ask you to come back ever again, but yet you're here. How are you, Murph? I, I'm... Like Tino said, I'm better that I'm in your guys' company now. Yes. Okay, so we as make you better. I, as much as I don't mean that, I mean that. Well, I'm not sure what you mean anymore because <laughs> you told me to leave you the fuck alone, not to good, not to contact you, and that you were done with the podcast. So they've got me real fucked up over here, Mish. Um, fucking football team. That was my response, Murph, when uh, I he told me to reach out to you. And I was like, no, there's no need to reach out. I know exactly what's going on with Murph. The Giants broke him. And it's OK. It's all right. I'm, that's what we're here for. That's what this has turned into therapy. And that's OK. That's all right. You know, again, I'm glad I'm here with you guys. We'll get through this. I could shed a tear. But welcome, Johnny. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me back. It's awesome. Well, team sucks, but it's awesome being here. Make sure you follow us on social media. Follow me at the mage underscore NFL. Follow Tino at Tino Rodriguez, double underscore at the end. And follow Johnny. Johnny, what are you doing now, Johnny? I mean, good. Plug yourself. Oh, man. You guys just follow follow, follow Dynasty Dogs FF. That's our uh, fantasy channel. We have a lot of fun over there. My personal account's stupid. You don't need to follow me. Just follow, follow me and the boys over there. All right. So follow Dynasty Dogs Exactly how it's spelled, Dynasty Dogs FF. Uh, Murph, so do you want to talk about your new account? That's the only reason you're here today, just so you don't get fined, right? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to talk about my new account, really. But uh, thank you to Johnny for making me one, because as everybody knows, I'm completely I'm banned. Um, but I'm back, and I can leave Mage's um, podcast alone, and, and maybe you guys can re-image yourself, maybe uh, move away from, <laughs> from Murph, and, uh, you know. So wait, so you're yeah, quitting the side. podcast again, but you're doing it live. No, this. no, no, no. I'm not quitting. I'm I'm just giving you the opportunity to rebrand your image since I've ruined it. Well, actually, we've well, gained more followers since you took over. The so for what now. it's worth, that was my that was also my response. Maze is like blowing me up and saying, "What do we want to do?" And I was like, "Well, I mean, it's not that I don't want to continue clapback. It's just like." Murph has the clapback handle and kind of is clapback. <laughs> I mean, like, He's the like, face like we it. said, people just kind of see voice, like voiced opinions about clapback sports <clears> and <throat> we're all linked to it, whether we like it or not. So, you know, when you Maybe say rebrand, just... it's not a casual thing, Murph. We, we'll we're together. Uh... We're tied forever is what I'm getting at. We, we are attached at the hip, whether you like it or not. 
Yeah, we'll keep it. We'll keep it Giants. We'll keep it Giants, and uh, there won't much. <laughs> there's a much to talk about right now. So uh, it's tough, well, man. I, I, I am uh, looking at a message from earlier today. So the Washington Football Team called you, asked you, "How can we get your business back?" Correct. And our friend Tab Jackson had the perfect response. He said, "Tell them to have a name." Yeah, that's step I, one in the process. I wish I had seen his <laughs> message before. I had hung up, but the uh, true story, they did call me today. Um, weirdest phone call. It sounded like somebody was, their phone was in their pocket and they were driving down the interstate <laughs> and they asked me how they could get my business back. And they were from the Washington football front office. And I just basically told her straight up. I was like, not a Redskins fan. And she was like, okay, well, do you know anybody else that would have, any interest in my business? And I said, absolutely not. So as much as I hate the Giants, I'm still standing tall for them, man. I mean, it's, like, it's not like the Rams called you, you know, like if a yeah. good team called, it would have been a different story. I, I, f- I feel like that's like Murph trying to tell the Giants that he got hit on at the bar and he wants them to get jealous, but they just don't it's care. It's like this ugly chick that's like, <laughs> you know what it is. <laughs> Like, we don't get there seems to be a common theme today with Murph, and that seems to be free agency. He, he's requesting a, a release from Clapback Sports, so he's pulling an Odell. He he, he's, Odell. He's, got, he's got the Washington football team calling him. I mean, what's going on with and you, similar Murph? to Odell? He'll be back with the Giants in a yeah. week, right? I We're mean, signing Odell, um, definitely signing Odell, but no, I would never jump ship to the Redskins, still standing tall for my, my G men, but. I will say they probably did call me because I do give them a lot of money every year because that's the only fucking game we can win is at the Redskins. Yep. Sad as that. All right. So we were going to talk fantasy football just simply because Tino doesn't want to talk about the Giants. But guess what, Tino? You are going to talk about the Giants today. We're going to talk about this organization. We started a little bit before the podcast. Let's just pick up where we left off. Go ahead, JP. So – you were talking. You were giving us some of your thoughts about the Giants' current state of franchise. Yeah. Why don't we start there? Um, well, I mean, I guess you could start. We can start with the game. You know, obviously going into Monday night, I, I feel like when we won the Panthers game, I was kind of checked out the entire game. Like I watched it, obviously, but I had such little expectation. And like obviously we beat them down, but at the same time, it's like I feel like I'm so realistic now with the team. I'm like, well, their offense sucked. Um, our defense played well, like, yeah, great. But our offense kind of looked anemic most of the game. And then they kind of forget some- too. that game was five, three, um, yeah. at halftime. So yeah, yeah. The score, exactly. the score doesn't tell a full story. I, I felt like we kind of limped our way through that and we just beat a really beat up team that without McCaffrey, I don't really see them being a good offense. Um, so anyway, I, I guess coming into the game, I was excited. Cause it's like, okay, it's prime time. I think Murph and I have said it probably a hundred times. Like all I care about is watching Danny play well at this point. Like, I just want to see him ball out, you know, if we're cleaning house, doing whatever we're going to do, like whatever. And it just, God, man, I mean, I think we dropped like three interceptions. They had that offsides penalty that negated that other interception. Um, Just the play calling didn't make any sense to me. Danny looked frazzled in the beginning of the game. That interception was horrible. Like it's just tough, man. I, I feel like I'm at a point where it's like the team, is like I'm watching the game, hoping it ends and somehow we pull out a victory. Like that's where it's at. I don't actually sit and enjoy every single play. Like I used to, um, it freaking sucks, man. I've been watching this team for a long time and it's just, this is not giants football anymore. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. You, you Sorry, JP. I, I, but it, 
it doesn't matter if they win. That's my thing. Like you said it right. It, you don't mind if it ends, but it's like, I don't care the result anymore. That's how bad it is. I'm numb to yeah. it. You said it with the Panthers game. It's like, we win great. We lose. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, I, you're at a point where it's, like, you want them to win. Right. But at the same time, you're like, we suck so bad. Like, cool. Get a higher pick, get better. Like it just doesn't matter. Cause you're almost like, where's the light at the end of the tunnel at this point? Like the GM, and the coach might get fired, but it's the same owner. It's this, like John Mara's brother still runs our scouting department. Isn't Tish in finance his brother? Like, I, like they're all they're rooted in this organization. I, I just, uh, what do you what do you get excited about at this point? Sorry, JP. I was trying to hear you, but I was having headset issues, so I had to call a timeout there for a minute. <laughs> but I mean, you bring it up, right? I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs game, they are still the Kansas City Chiefs. They, they are a two-time Super Bowl, um, or they went to the Super Bowl the last two years, won one, lost to the Tampa Bay Bucks last year. They're not missing a lot aside from their running back, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Aside from that, most of the team was still there. You still had Chris Jones. You still had Tyron Matthew on that defense. You still had Tyreek Hill, Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Just because they're playing horribly this year, doesn't mean it's still not the same team. Nothing's changed with them. Can they I, lost the Super Bowl last year because their offensive line was bad. So the poor offensive line play this year shouldn't shock anybody. Well, I'm, I'm curious to ask you about that, actually, uh, Mage, because I know a lot of people talked about through the offseason, like they basically rebuilt their offensive line in like a pretty quick period of time. I think it was like, what, 40, 50 days. They basically redid everything. And they haven't been playing great, obviously, but like – I guess where's the conversation to be had about what they look like from an offensive perspective, why it's fallen off a cliff. Like we know the Bucks game in the Super Bowl, they look bad, but overall they've been really good offensively. Personally for me and Tino, I see you got something to say, but I think that there's something wrong with Mahomes that people are, that they're just not letting on. I, I think there's something wrong there. He doesn't look comfortable. And I, I mean, for me, I just think it's a situation where Pat Mahomes um, just not being the MVP version of himself. He's overthinking for sure, but I was going to yeah. say, I think it's largely uh, attributed to the offensive line. No kidding. Orlando yeah. Brown was terrible that game. I mean, Aziz is great. I want to gas up Aziz. Orlando Brown was terrible. The Ravens were beast, and they thought ahead, and I don't know how they pulled that shit off, but they traded with a team that they probably would have saw in the AFC Championship at one point in time and gave him their left tackle, and he's struggling, man. They I look bad. <laughs> I read something pretty funny and they said, so I guess his turnover worthy plays his first few years, Mahomes was really high. He just wasn't like, they were dropping a lot of interceptions and somebody basically said that the the football gods took all his turnover worthy plays and they lumped him into the first like eight games of the season. Cause he's just, I mean, dude, we dropped three interceptions and then that offsides should have been another one. Like if our defense was able to bring in two of those, I mean, it's a three turnover game. Like that's a lot. But I don't think it's just Mahomes' turnovers. Clyde had a costly turnover that cost him the Ravens game. Kelsey's Kelsey. been fumbling. So yeah. it's the team. Uh, the team's yeah. on a full-on Super Bowl hangover. Sure, Mahomes has regressed a bit. That's natural. The guy was on fucking cloud nine for three and a half years. But I think the team as a whole is just like, dude, you see Tyron Matthew. I, I get he's like a two-time all-pro player, but like he thinks he's way better than he is. Like, I think they just think, I think they think that'll just get handed to them. The West has caught up like the chargers as much as, you know, it sucks that they lost against the Pats and that's going to kind of cripple their, uh, you know, them pulling away from that division. Like the division's good. Like the Raiders aren't going away. The Broncos are all right. Like, so 
I don't know. They're just not that good anymore. I mean, I think, too, it's interesting when you think about it. Like, Mahomes was playing at such an ungodly level, like, to the point where, like, there was no quarterback you could even put in the same conversation, that the fact that he's come down to earth at all, people are going to say, oh, he's not the same guy anymore. I mean, he's still, like, in the top three. I mean, so even if he's not playing at the best right now, he's still a top quarterback. It's just he's not playing above and beyond everybody else and he's making mistakes but i mean i think somebody said it like a lot of teams are starting to play what two high safeties and more zone against him and like look at what happened to him against us like he just he's had they force him to make his own mistakes you know what i mean like don't blitz him like crazy what do we blitz like four times the whole game you see that tweet by joining right now we talk about our zone for a second what the fuck yeah. was going i get that that was the game plan right clog up the middle they took away kelsey fine but like I mean, Tyree Kill was open all game. They, on third and, like, eight, they're, like, 15 yards off the ball. Corners were just, like, bailing. I couldn't make any sense of it. Like, I get it as an overall game plan, but Patrick Graham still called a pretty terrible game, in my opinion. His strategy for covering Kelsey, like, dude, hear me out. It's just soft. It's soft. Like, I don't mean, like. It's soft. That's got to be the the one positive. He was better. He was better at – designing certain plays like basically he was hiding zone hiding man very well it set up a few possible turnovers i get that but dude if he wanted to if mahomes wasn't being extra i feel like he could have picked us apart a lot easier than he did they moved the ball at will he turned the ball over in the red zone kelsey fumbled in the red zone that game could they could have 35 points very easily well i think you know? he wanted his main goal was to just shut down tyreek and not give tyreek a lot of yards he wanted tyreek to to keep it in front earn his yards, but that's true. I mean, that's pretty much what the game plan's been the entire year. There keep was... him in front of you the entire yeah. time. But I mean, yeah. I thought the defense was fine, man. We gave up 20 points, man. Like we should have won the game. This, this team like... drives me fucking nuts because one week it's Patrick Graham calls a good enough game to win and the offense doesn't. Yep. And the next week it's Patrick Graham sucks and the offense takes off. Yep. And you know what, man? I, I don't know. People aren't going to like it, but that shit's on judge. There's no consistency with this team. And why is the special team so bad, man? Like, See, I, I, I'm not even like no. – honestly, everybody says that, and I know it's a fact, but I haven't even, like, paid attention to that because by the time we're on special teams, it's probably just blew a three and out. We couldn't field we, a kickoff or a punt. We yeah. literally couldn't catch one cleanly. It was unreal. <laughs> I mean, Dude, I just feel like everything about this is this a laundry team. list of issues. Yeah. But I mean, I think today pretty much wants to show you like Joe Judge is not going anywhere, guys. I know. I mean, I, I said to you, if I had my choice, like Brian Dable would be like the guy to have, obviously, because he's just the hot name. And look at what he's done for Josh Allen. And that team looks like they could be, you know, contenders for a long time. I feel like he's had a lot to do with that offense. But at the same time, like, I don't want to bail and judge in the fact that like he's a young coach and like you're trying to figure it out, but like dude, he does nothing well. Like he brings nothing to the table. He looks lost. In game, in I'm, I'm going to disagree yeah, with you, game. and it's simply because I, I came out after the Chiefs game and said that you know what, I'm not as bummed about it because between last year and this year, the Giants have lost seven games combined by four points or less. Last year, the Giants were 6-10. and 10. That's the difference between being 6-10 and 10 and 10-6. and six. The four games last year, four points or less. This year, three games, three points or less for the New York Giants. Again, we're sitting at 2-6. and six. Bill Parcell said it. You are what your record says you are. But 
that's the difference between being two and six and five and three right now. The thing about this is getting the consistency, getting the culture in place. This to me honestly feels like a team that's ready to flip the switch. And this is a team that has two first round picks next year. So being this close, when you are this close, I know a lot of fans want to blow it up, but what's the problem? You blow it up, you get a new GM, get a new coach, brand new coaching staff. You're going to give a brand new coaching staff to Danny, who's going into his fourth year. I mean, you're going to be looking at another three-year rebuild. I was talking to Mr. Chris today. Here's what I would do if if I was the New York Giants. Fine. I think we all are in agreement. Dave Gettleman's retiring. He won't be fired. Dave Gettleman's out at the end of the season. Bring in another GM. This GM almost has to have Joe Judge's approval because they need to work together on this. So it's not going to be – it's got to be somebody that's going to work with Joe Judge. The second thing I would do, if you're going to do this, give full autonomy to Joe Judge then. Let him bring in his own offensive coordinator. Keep or maybe promote Russ Calloway or one of these other guys that you have there, one of these younger minds than Jason Garrett. So I would make changes with the GM. I would make changes with the offensive coordinator. Let Joe Judge continue to run this team. The one thing in two seasons, this season's not over yet, but he hasn't lost his team the way Ben McAdoo or Pat Shermer lost their teams. This team is still bought in. They're still fighting every fucking single week. And that there's something to be said for that. Now, is Joe Judge without blame? Absolutely not. The thing that I don't know, is this Joe Judge's offense or is this Jason Garrett's offense? And the other thing is that we may have been too critical of Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett may not be, may not be running the offense that he wants to run. The tempo of this game tells me that this is Joe Judge's type of offense. You have to pick up the tempo, especially in a lot of situations. The discipline in his football team, that's on Joe Judge. The amount of fucking penalties. We lost the Washington game because Dexter Lawrence offsides. Johnny alluded to the fact that um, O'Shane jumped offsides, cost Arne Holmes that interception. I don't know if Pat Mahomes saw that and then just took a risk with the ball anyway. I don't know if that would have been his first read or not. So I can't read too much into that. But still, uh, Elijah Penny. And I'm so glad that this came back to bite John Marin the fucking ass because he wanted the goddamn taunting penalties. We pick up 15 yards or whatever it is on a big play. All he does is signal first down. The guy's in his direction. It's considered taunting. And then we fucking just only go backwards from there. I I hate John fucking Mara. He's a problem. He's he's the reason that all these issues exist. But I hate him even more because of that stupid taunting shit. And then the timeouts, Joe Judge using his timeouts. I hate the bullshit excuse with the headsets. I mean, the entertainer said it. Other people may have said it too. I think Talking Giants said it. You got If you've been dealing with this all season, you think you would be better prepared. Joe Judge, who preaches about being prepared for games, every situation, why are you not using hand signals? Does he not realize that the fucking mics go off with 15 seconds left on the clock? <laughs> like, I, I'm not sure. I agree. Joe Judge is not without blame, but the fact that he hasn't lost his team yet through two seasons, even after six wins last year, I think you got to bring him back. I think you got to see what he has for this third season. 
there's still seven games that the Giants left on the board that would decide it by four points or less. With a more with a more aggressive game plan, with with a more of an up tempo, maybe with a different style play calling on the offensive side, maybe we flip those. Maybe those are three point four point wins then. I I don't want to. So two points from what you said. Mage, if you don't mind, you mentioned about the four points or loss, four points or less losses that we've had in these, you know, last games. But hasn't that been the story even last season, even when we had Shermer? Like this team has been quote unquote close in that aspect for years. I mean, that's not a new thing where it's like we're not losing close games regularly. So that's the thing. It's like I agree with you in the sense that it's like on paper, this team should be ready to go. But for whatever reason, whether it be the injuries that are just insane or the fact that we're completely undisciplined or the fact that the scheme on the offensive and defensive side of the ball never makes sense. There's no continuity. Something's got to give. And I mean, and- just let me answer that for you real quick, Johnny. Right. If the difference under Ben McAdoo and even Pat Sherman is we put up points. The philosophy under Joe Judge is to control the clock and play more of a defensive side of the ball, right? Control control the time of possession mm-hmm. and kind of milk the clock, keep things close. So, yeah, those close games under Pat Shermer and Ben McAdoo, I mean, we had a shit defense with James Betcher too. So I don't know how much of that was necessarily by design versus just kind of what the outcome was. Those offenses put up points. I think with Joe Judge, it's by design to keep these games close, but you can't shoot yourself in the foot, though. But that's the problem. You have a quarterback that isn't a game manager that's capable of putting up big games. We've seen it on numerous occasions where Danny can put up well over 300 yards. He can throw the ball deep. He's a great runner. He, we don't have the type of running game to where you can pound the clock down the entire, that's the problem with that type of philosophy. So it's like, you don't have the right pieces for that type of philosophy, but yet you want to do something that doesn't fit. And it goes back to when he was in his press conference talking about, you know, using players to their strengths. Like he's not doing that. He's taking everybody out of their strengths and trying to mold them to his scheme that doesn't fit. And and I just like Jabril Peppers gets hurt. And he's like, I want him back. Well, bro, you haven't been using him right all year. Why would you want him back? Like you're wasting good players that you Jabril can't Peppers utilize is a correctly. leader on this team though. But, I agree. But- and to answer your point, right. I mean, the difference between it being a three point loss or a three point win is using a fucking triple option on third down. And then I mean, kicking and then kicking the field goal as opposed to going for it when yeah. you're that close. But Danny also those are the differences that- between wins and losses with this team, which Joe Judge prefers to take the points and then try to play the field position, which just doesn't fucking work. We're last in the NFL when it comes to losing by a field goal or less. Like that's disgusting. That's like gut wrenching, and we have to watch it every week. That triple option, Danny should have pitched that. So like. We can't blame everything on the scheme when sometimes the players don't capitalize, but at the same, to the same point, it's like the scheme doesn't fit the players we have. It just doesn't. And I think Murph said it. I think he wanted Jason Garrett. And I think that he's pushing Jason Garrett to run things the way he's running them. Uh, yeah. Mr. Chris brought up that same point and the only retort that I have to, and Murph, you can, uh, you can go, but if he wanted Jason Garrett, why the fuck did he bring in 45 assistants on the offensive side of the he's, ball? He's got assistants on defense, though, too. And he yeah, loves, but not he as loves ma- his boy Graham. Not as many as that offense, though. He's, I, I mean, this offensive line has like six or seven coaches. 
I mean, you got Freddie Kitchens, you got Russ Calloway. That's a oh, hot yeah. topic, man. I got I got some feelings on that too. Yeah, that shit doesn't make sense. I think there's no <laughs> continuity and there's no true direct. Like for me, it's like this. In my job, I'm in sales. If I have three or four people telling me every day how to do my job, I'm never going to actually be able to take myself to that next level and utilize my skill set to be good at what I do. I'm always going to have each person giving their input. You can never build continuity and grow that way. It's like the offensive line. We've talked about it. He's shifting guys in and out, in and out, in and out. How do you build continuity that way? You know, how did you go throughout the offseason and see Matt Pert at right tackle that whole time and say, we're good with that? And you you pass on players throughout the whole draft, and then you're saying, well, Nate Solder's the guy now. And we see how bad Nate Solder is. So how bad is Matt Pert? Like, and then we watch Matt Pert play, and he looks pretty decent in some of the games. So it's just it doesn't make sense from the way that they use the players, from the way that the players are training and getting hurt constantly. Galladay's had five different injuries since we've started the season. We're on week eight. How is that possible? Like nothing makes sense. Like everybody's hurt. You have four left guards go out since the season started. We lost our captain and Nick Gates. I mean, Andrew Thomas is hurt. I I get players get hurt, but like (laughs) something's got to give here, guys. The scheme doesn't work. The injuries are piling up. The team as a whole doesn't seem like they know what's going on. Offense clicks. Defense doesn't like it's nauseating. And and guess what? We're going to bring all of it back next year. And Dave, Dave, Dave Gettleman leaves and what? Kevin Abrams is going to be in charge. Like, come the fuck on, man. Just I, think, I think Joe totally runs the show. I mean, think I, think that, I think that that Garrett, well, from the coaching standpoint, um, yeah. I think Garrett was probably referred to him. I mean, we Mara, Mara definitely had something to say in that piece. But now looking at it, what, how many games in are we? A year and a half? Week eight. Um, Oh, yeah. Dude, I mean, the offense that – Jason Garrett hasn't been good because his situational play calling has just been atrocious since he's been here. Red zone is – There's nothing to to hide there. But it makes sense that this is the way Joe wants to play. But It makes sense that he just wants to control the field, run the ball, come out of the fucking – out of the second half, run the ball three times and kick the kick a damn punt. Like oh God, he's cool man. with that shit, man. Like that's that can't be Jason Garrett's offense because you know why? It never was in Dallas. That's not what he did in Dallas. Have we seen glimpses of what they did? Sure, but I feel like Joe has his blueprints on this, man. I feel why, like that is the go goal. Out. They want to control the clock. But why they're go okay out and to be, do they're they're Okay, being conservative. Go ahead, Joe. No, I'm sorry. I, I just I wanted to ask you while you were talking, why go out and spend all the money they did on offense? Why all those resources? If you really want to pound the ball and, and milk the clock, I know I've said it a million times, so I apologize. Why not draft fucking Rashawn Slater? That, like, why not take why not beef up your offensive line and say we're gonna pound the ball for 60 minutes? Why pay Galladay? Why not go? I agree with you, Johnny. You know and I mean? like, I'll, and, and I'll tell you what, I think that's a huge disconnect. I agree with I, I I agree with you, and I don't know, Murph. If Joe Judge if Joe Judge is in charge, I, I we said this here on the podcast that when they went out and they drafted Kadarius Tony and they targeted the people that they did yeah. in this free agency, it was for the Air Coriel offense, which is what Jason Garrett runs. I get that, man. But so we if they if they were going to pound the rock. Snap. 
We haven't seen one snap. So that's that's kind you mean of, of every, you mean of everyone healthy, Murph? Yeah, like it's yeah. like they have to adjust to what it is. Like last But to Johnny's point way. though, I mean then why was Galladay a necessity? They, we used dude, the fuck they, out of Galladay when he was healthy. Think about no, it like this. It, it was he had the same seven team targets against them. but it was only seven targets. Like that's not even really like I get it. Yeah, we did use him. He was a big part of the game. I'm not gonna deny that. But he only think had about seven it like targets that. in three games. He, no, he has seven targets in that game. Like two games before, I think was like four, bro. Like he's not been targeted. Like his target share has been was less than Evan Ingram <clears throat> week one. Like they're legitimate or week two, whatever week it was that he what he wasn't out. Did not use him. This is the frustration for me. I, I disagree on that part, but you're ahead. not you're not allowing Daniel the autonomy to be a franchise quarterback. He basically, to me, is saying on a regular basis, I don't fucking trust you. And if that's how you feel about your franchise quarterback, think about the end of the game, man. Think about the end of the half. He had no fucking timeouts and had to drive the field. And look at the play calls, the penalties, the miss, the drops, like everything about this team shoots themselves in the foot. If it's not Daniel making a mistake, it's a receiver dropping a ball. If it's not a receiver dropping the ball, it's a player jumping off sides. If it's not a player jumping off side, I'm sorry, a a player um, jumping before the snap goes. It's just, there's always somebody not doing something right. It's never just continuity and flowing within the flow of the game as a unit. And I'm sorry, man. Like, yeah, we went out and we spent all this money and all these resources on offense so that Daniel could fucking sit around and be a game manager so they could pound the clock? So I'm going to read this quote from Judge, this from post-game. Because this shit doesn't make sense to me, because as a coach, I, I just can't understand this. I was going to play, play to our defense a lot tonight. I had a lot of confidence in how they were playing as a unit. You can come in sometimes and shoot yourself in the foot by saying you've got to score on every opportunity every time it's available. The point that first sentence to me in his post-game presser is telling me that he has absolutely zero confidence in his quarterback, zero confidence in his O-line, zero confidence in his offensive coordinator, and really doesn't give a fuck about the offensive unit. Saying that he's going to play to the defense tonight against the best quarterback in the NFL with the best deep ball makes absolutely no sense to me because I think all three of us agree Going into this game, we all said, you score points, keep up with the Chiefs. It's the only way you're winning, right? Yes, sir. Obviously, the game didn't go that way. I did not th- think that way, but that's fine. You, you didn't? Did, you didn't think that? You didn't I think the Chiefs, was, Chiefs could score any given time? Well, you, you said you wanted a shootout, and I said the exact Well, I felt like that was going to be the only way no, we could The only way we could have won this game is exactly how we did it, and we lost it because – or mismanaged and poorly coached. I've been waiting to speak. I've been my tongue for a while there. You guys are missing it. You're <laughs> no, so yeah, close. You're, you're missing it. That was a Joe Judge loss. Like, yeah, it was. Me, oh, yeah, well, yeah, hold on, absolutely. hold on. So, like, I just wanted to go back to when Mage was talking there for a second, and he, like, started kind of complimenting Judge and, like, pointing fingers, and then you started, like, insulting him a little bit, like, insulting. And that's why, like, we want to, like, Judge. He's been a bad coach. I have no – I no one loves Judge more than me. I li- love everything this man says. He's a bad coach, top to bottom. I don't care. Special teams are supposed to be a strength. It's been the worst in football for the last two seasons. Offensively, we suck. I don't care what any of you say in terms of aggression. We're not aggressive. If we were, you run the ball in the first three downs to what Murph said, and then you punt it on fourth and one. That's the opposite of aggression. Okay? We're outscored 42-0 at the end of first halves. We had the ball in this game under two minutes at the end of the first half, got the ball out of half, and got the ball with two minutes left at the end of the game. 
We had zero points to show for it. We ran only 10 plays, which means three, three and outs. And I think we went for it on, um, you know, on fourth down, obviously at the end of the game. So 10 actual offensive plays, we punted the other two times, what maybe five total yards. That's pathetic. That's where you win and lose three point games. And I'm tired of making excuses for the three, four point losses. We, yeah, we, yeah. we coach not to lose still. We mismanage our timeouts horrendously and don't like we, we shrewd over it. Like it's nothing that winner loses that that's a winner loss in three point games. If you want games to be that way, you have to manage fucking timeouts. And he did it probably the worst I've ever seen it. We had one timeout going into the two minute drill at the end of the first half. We wasted our first timeout inside five minutes coming out of the third quarter. It's bad. Oh my God, I screamed, bro. When he called that timeout in the third quarter, I got off of my couch and started screaming. And if and this out. is the like mantra we want to go by, keep things close. He, we're not doing the right things to do it. So he's got it ass backwards. Yeah, we, we don't, we're not a team that can handle time of possession. We're not fucking good enough. Oh, we're not. Dude, that That's the thing. Everything I need to know. We had he had no faith in the offense before this game. Freaking he was already going into this game with the assumption that the defense was going to keep him in it. Just from that quote, I can tell. I mean, it's obvious. And then for him to come out and just run the ball, he had already lost complete confidence in his offensive game plan at halftime. I mean, Let's see the I problem felt like that- I honestly felt like we didn't even try on offense to like be. I agree. Yeah. I what agree. do we throw the ball twice deep twice? I think once to Slayton, then of course times. he couldn't even yeah. find the ball, and then maybe one uh, one to Ross, which was an incredible catch. So we went downfield twice. It's fucking insane. Like against one of the worst DB units in the NFL, they got Tyron it, it, and no one else. I mean, bro, this is this is the thing about it. At this point in time, this is why for me, I've lost complete trust in in Joe Judge being any sort of legitimate coach for us, dude. All right, so you you went out and you decided you wanted to draft Kadarius Tony, right? And you were like, we're gonna prioritize this guy. We loved him, whatever it was. You kept him off the field for an extended period of time. I think it was like week three when he actually, it's week four actually when he got actually involved. But like week three, I think he got those two catches, whatever it was. The fact of the matter is, you kept him out for injuries, whatever it was, and you see the talent, right? So it's like, okay, well, why would you have kept him out? Okay, whatever. Then you come out and you say he's gonna play. Well, they're not really utilizing him because he's hurt, but then you're putting him out on punts. They weren't using their best player on offense that consistently is proven in the time that he's been on the field. Obviously, it's a small sample size. So I know when I say consistently, it's not like it's been 15 games, but he's proven he is a game breaker and he is your best tool or asset or, or what best variable in the, in the equation of winning a game to do the right thing and make things happen for you. And you don't use him. So for me, that shows you're a fucking moron. So like all the other stuff we're talking about, just that alone. And then you're using him on punts. He's not that hurt, bro. He wasn't that hurt if you're using him on punts. JP, when was was Tony's first uh, target slash reception in this game? Bro, I think it was the third quarter. It was the third drive, the end of the first quarter. There was a minute left in the game. We already had two three and outs prior to this. But that's funny because what you said, okay, I know what you're thinking. First drive stalled on an interception. Fuck it, yeah. right? Okay, second drive, we had a full drive, did nothing with it. And it's like, all right, well, you know, we want to go time of possession and we, we want to yeah, do yeah, all yeah. this bullshit. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, he's our best playmaker. We want to win the game. What did the Chiefs do? What did the Chiefs do? Let's see. Their first play of the game, who do they get the ball to for a completion for 10 yards? First fucking play, no play action. Yep. Tariq yep. Hill. 
first yeah. down. He had 18 targets, bro. So who's their second best targets. player? Who's their second best player? Oh, Travis. Oh, so what do they do the next fucking play? Get him a fucking target. And then what do they do? Oh, shit. That just worked, too. What else can we do? Oh, give it back to our best fucking player, Tariq Hill. Two goddamn targets. Two fucking first downs on the first three plays of the game. That's yeah. how you fucking coach. That's how you yeah. play offense. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> literally, you don't even have to. And tell me Tony and Hill don't mirror each other's games. Like, oh, bro. Come on. Elaborate. They just you, pitch and catch screens to him because we were playing so far back. It's it's just yeah, frustrating because really it's not that hard to get your players the ball. Didn't he they throw a pass this. before he caught a ball? I'm sorry, Mark. Go ahead. They want this. But that's my point. We if you wanted this. <laughs> if you wanted this, I, I'm going to keep saying it. You can call me a cuck or whatever you want to say. We had the opportunity to take Slater, take Trey Smith. You could have got guys in the draft and you could have beefed the fuck out of that offensive line. And guess what? The you only... could you could do that. You could do that game plan. Instead, they did all the shit. Danny's horrible at throwing fades in the end zone. But what do we do in the end zone every fucking time? We either run an end and around. We run it up the fucking gut every time. Or Danny throws a fade to the back of the fucking end zone where no one can catch it. You're wasting plays. I get it, dude. But in a perfect world, the Giants thought their line was going to be fine. They spent all that money on the offense. Nobody was going to get hurt. And the offense was going to grow. And sadly, (laughs) we didn't even get that opportunity once. And now... We're in the middle of a football season like we are every year, completely battered, injured, beat the shit, and we can't adjust to anything. <laughs> it's like we have this model. It's like it's a model home on a table every single year yep. over off season. And then the, the first week comes and, you know, a piece of it gets chipped off. And then by week five, there's been a fist that's been put through. <laughs> we, we don't respond to anything. Like well, we, we put all of our, we've always been a franchise that puts all their eggs in the basket. And you know what, dude, whatever. I've already eaten my crow on DJ. I'm not going to do it anymore. But if this doesn't work out, they basically just did the same fucking thing all over again. And they're going to make the same fucking mistake all over again. Absolutely. Spend a shit ton of money, fire yeah. the GM, yep. make a fucking marriage between your head coach and a new GM. It's It's like, but here's the it's, thing. It's right? almost like a sitcom, dude. We've had like we're like so, a fucking HBO baller series. Like, <laughs> like we should be on hard knocks next year. No doubt. We deserve it so bad. We need to be on hard knocks and we need to be sent to London because we are a poverty franchise right now. So I, I and here's my question to you. So, like, all right, let's play devil's advocate because I know everybody fucking loves to play devil's advocate. Everyone likes to say, well, you're not thinking about this. All right. Danny's played what five snaps with his entire offense. They put together for him. Maybe like before they all started getting hurt. So let's just play devil's advocate. If Kenny Galladay, Saquon Barkley, Kadarius, Tony and Sterling Shepard and Andrew Thomas all played on Sunday night, Monday night, everyone would say, Oh, we would have won. Right. I'm not even convinced they would have fucking used them correctly. Like did the offensive scheme change that much? Cause look what Danny did against the Panthers. Why was none of that being used against the chiefs? What could we Danny did against Washington? We didn't even play good football against the Panthers, though, man. That's my point. So, so what's the difference? Because the Chiefs didn't play much better than the Panthers. Well, uh, nothing's different. I mean, we just somehow beat the shit out of them. Hang around. 
Yeah, hoping that, that it goes our way. That Panther score doesn't do any justice. The game I agree. Two, I agree. Scores three to five. Look at the New Orleans game. Look at the fucking Washington game. Why in those games do you see Danny's running the fuck out of the ball? Danny's getting utilized as a runner. Danny's consistently making plays. Danny's putting the team in a situation where they can win. Why does it feel like there's games where they let them do that and there's games where they're like, you know what, Danny? We're going to slow it down real, real hardcore here, buddy, and we're, gonna, we're just going to see how things go. Is it just me or does it feel like they just change it up? Because I know Danny's not some jackass that, that can't play the same football because he looks like a different player in these games. It's almost like the defense. It's like they prepare. It Actually, that's a great point, JP. That's exactly what's happening. They tailor to the opponent every single week, mm-hmm. and it fucks with our guys. I think I, I, that's size of the ball. That's the one thing that I've been watching. And that's where I find frustration. Cause it's like, as much as I defend Danny, it's like he plays differently against different players, against different teams. And there's no fucking reason that should be the case. Our offense is rolling two to three weeks in a row. And then all of a sudden you're like, what the fuck they play down. And I'm like, dude, the chiefs are a team that we could have easily put up 30 points. You can't tell me otherwise. So why the fuck was John Ross and Slayton not taking house calls every fucking other play? Like, I would have been shooting downfield constantly. If you don't feel like you need to score every drive, take some shots. Go three and out. Fuck it. You tried, right? Like, I just don't understand the obsession with the clock management. The, the obsession. Not the you know, clock management. tell me if I was wrong, but to Johnny's point right now, somebody else had brought this up, but wasn't the Chiefs also playing a cover two against us? Yeah. So that would probably, for me, would be the reason why they didn't take more uh, deep shots. It was basically almost like identical game plans, right? I mean, Derek fucking Ward killed us in the run game. Who is he? Yeah, which is Chadere. Uh, no, Derek Ward. I, I thought it was Derek, Derek Gore. But Derek Gore. Gore, Gore, Gore Ward, yeah. whoever. I know Honestly, Ward played. Derek Ward Do we know the pers- back and beat us up? I wouldn't mind it either. He might as well have. But let me ask you this: When wh- do we know the percentage of that? Because I remember reading something. I th- it was either Dan Orlowski or Renanin or, or somebody that was basically saying that Danny had opportunities to do it because of the type of defense they were running. So I'm curious: like, do we know how much they were running cover two in the game? Is there a way to see that? Like, I'm not sure, but uh, I remember watching the game. I remember seeing their alignment. That's why we were able to. That's why we were able to get them underneath. That's why the screen passes to Booker were working. That's why we were able to gash him for five, six yards on the run plays. Why the wasn't fact Danny is, running? I, I, I just don't understand why we went away from the that. Call though. plays for him. Well, it also Danny could only run when he was getting fucking annihilated by the offensive line, which played, by the way, just horrendous. I mean, Billy Price, R.I.P. Buddy. You know what? He got a participation trophy. When he walked into the locker room, this motherfucker got launched back into the backfield so many that times. That was so before funny. The fucking ball was. <laughs> when he was holding Booker, <laughs> he was like, like, oh, shit, you're the wrong guy. <laughs> like, as a coach, you sit there and you tell the center, you know the fucking count. Like, how do you not get in front of this guy? But holy shit, man, they were blowing past him all fucking game. It was crazy. It was pathetic to watch, honestly. It's very sad. Um, but. Yeah, no, so I, they didn't call any design runs for Danny. No surprise. That would be the only way but, we really got a working offense. Tino, but. remember in the Carolina game, they consistently were rolling out to the right immediately, and it was working. When you see that as a coach and you realize, you know what, we're going to have to do the same fucking thing, and guess what? 
what did the Chiefs do? They said, we can't pass right now. We're going to keep fucking running. They just kept running until it, it stopped working, and then they would switch it up. Why can't we ever see this team say, this worked for us last week. Let's do it until they can beat it. Let's keep rolling out to the right. Let's keep these quick where the, oh. where the tight end comes out, he blocks, and then he gets open. Like I rolling out to the right where Nate Solder is probably isn't the best game plan. Just That's saying. True. Well, no, but all I was going to say. Put a double tight end there. We don't have an offensive identity. That's the problem. We're trying to make this an identity. We're trying to say what Garrett has done and make what he's done the identity of this offense. But regardless of what he's done, that's not what the fuck this team is right now. We don't have an identity on offense. We don't. And then what's sad to me, and this is why I get critical on Graham, and he showed better signs, Murph. So I I do want to say you were right. The the defense was obviously better. They they kept us in the game. There's nothing, nothing to be said about that. However, his biggest thing was, he disguised and created coverages uh, and created pressures off his coverages constantly last year. That was the identity of our defense. And we were not that for the first fucking, what, seven games of the year. Last game, we showed it. We knew we can get the ball out of Mahomes and the Chiefs, and we were able to do that. So to that extent, yeah, we did really well. And Aziz played his asshole. That's he an unsung does. hero of this fucking team. Dude's got a motor, kid. and he plays fucking hard. I and, and I think we found an edge out of him. But – yeah, I Quincy just Roche. Quincy Roche looks really good too, man. And that's another thing. We signed him. How fucking long did it take for him to get on the field? And he's he been played, producing he played the 50, second he started. Played 50 snaps uh this past game versus the Chiefs. 36 in pass rush opportunities, 14 in run opportunities. And there's he no should... surprise that Williams played better because of it. Leonard Williams, that's I thought, was wreaking havoc. He's been good, bro. He's yeah. been good. The last like four weeks, bro. He's looked phenomenal. How did Raymond Johnson grade out? Who? Raymond. Probably phenomenal against the run, though. Dude, well, I don't know about anything, yeah. he was he played the run game pretty well. I feel like he got every tack on gore possible. That dude gashed. What's shit up with Xavier McKinney, bro? Too. That that Derek Gore like drive oh, no. that he had was like oh, my God. a classic Andy Reid Philadelphia drive. Mm-hmm. Yep, some Just random the shit out of you with some. Yep. Yeah, that touchdown was easy. I think McKinney has COVID one, but two well, now, but like. Awful. He, He's but he like he was our guy, bro. Like he fell to the second round, and everybody was like, "Oh, he's gonna break out." Like this year, he's gonna be like a top three state. Like, bro, he's been horrible. Yeah. Raymond Johnson only got five snaps, so yeah. that was it. Uh, great out sixty point one, sixty point uh, sixty one point six on run defense, fifty six point seven pass rush defense, seventy and a half tackling. So, who took like so? Who took all of Shelton's snaps? <clears throat> <clears throat> so agent. on the defensive line, Leonard Williams had 68, Dexter Lawrence with 54, Quincy Roche with 50, Shane Zimenez with 18, Aziz with 66, Austin Johnson 52. Yo, and also, guys, fuck Lorenzo Carter, man. Like, yeah, I've been waiting for this guy to do something for four years now, man. And he just fucking sucks. And I'm sick of the fact that it's like, we have these guys. When's the last time we hit on a mid round guy. You have guys like, like the, like the Indianapolis Colts, they got, you know, Darius Leonard in what the second round superstar Fred Warner goes to this, uh, to the um, uh, 49ers, what third or fourth round superstar. Like when's the last time we've, we've drafted a guy and just hit on him. Like, Look at Sterling Shepard. He's I don't think they bring him back. Like he's been our best player, but he like he's always hurt. Like he starts off the year, he's gonna be like a top wide receiver in the league yeah, out of the slot. And guess what? Now he can't stay healthy. Like Real I just never hand up, him. hand up. I did somehow blend Raymond Johnson and Austin Johnson together. So hand up. That's on me. 
I thought they were both the same. I was thing. wondering what you were, who you were talking about. I was like, do <laughs> I'm, I not know about Austin Johnson <laughs> and of and of right here, um, ninety eight and ninety one. Yeah. So Austin Johnson, and then um, I feel better now. I was like, who do I not know? Yeah, no, I definitely blended them together. And then um, we had an Aaron Robinson siding. There was a few things I wanted to know on defense. Aaron Robinson siding. He did play football this week. That was good. Keon Crossan came up out of nowhere. He was okay. You were gassing him up pretty recently. Think you? Yeah, well, well, Crossan recovered that fumble on that botched uh, return by Dante Pettis. So it came up big. As far as I'm concerned, it was well worked the six round pick on that one. I feel as soon as Pettis did that, I was like. Don't even come back on the field. And then he was hurt, and I was like, ah, I feel bad now. <laughs> Once that happened, I knew we weren't making any damn trades. Yeah, no. But we're just Shit, we lost three wide receivers in one game. I guess hey, uh, came back you in. think Shep? See, you know, I I got I got a funny story for you because since uh, you were talking about Raymond Johnson and Austin Johnson, uh, JP is also a car collector. JP got an autograph. Ronnie Hampton card. I, I had no idea who the up. guy was. <laughs> as soon as I said, is this somebody else? I don't know. I knew this was coming up. New, no idea who Ronnie Hampton was. I knew who he was, but I was like, wait a sec. You got to remember, dude, like I've been, I've been watching this team for years, but like as a kid, like I didn't really know the team's names. My dad was just obsessed with football and you know, you just sit around and enjoy it with him. So I, I became a real fan over the last probably 10 to 15 years, really, but never really kept track as a kid. That's okay. You know, I just had to bring it up. I knew it was coming. <laughs> Can we all agree, though, that Kadarius Tony's the fucking man? I just wanted to get... Dude, there. there's this guy on Twitter. He's a fantasy I, account. I need he one tweets. thing from him, though. Well, you can go after this, JP. Yeah. He's got to stay healthy, man. Like, he gets hurt every time he fucking plays. Like, but that's why I respect him for coming back. Somebody in. stepped on his hand. What is he supposed to it. do about that? I get it. Some guys are it. unlucky. I mean, they yeah. are. I get it. I agree with you, Murph. He's got to stay yeah. healthy. I need that man healthy, though, because, like, honestly, Tino doesn't want to hear this, but, like, Shep's time might be here. And I'm Shep's my favorite giant. You can't have this with Tony. I blindly thought Shep would actually make it successful. I'm with you, bro. I love so Shep sad. to the day. No, it has nothing, it's availability. His availability yeah. is dog shit. We love Shep, but. I just can't believe he has another injury. But yeah. um, I need I need Tony healthy. But this dude on Twitter, what did you say, JP? No, he just he tweets it every like four days. He's like, I'm still not sold on Kadarius Tony. And I'm like, bro, holy shit, we get it, man. Like, can we wait to the end of the season to see if you're actually sold? Like, we'll we'll wait in suspense for it. But it's a victory lap guy. He just wants to come. Oh, bro. Tony does something bad. It was still his rookie season. It was week one, bro. And he literally (laughs) tweets out. Kadarius Tony is what we all knew he was a bust. And then he starts going off and he's like, I'm not sold. I'm not sold. I'm like, bro, we get it. It's a uh, dynasty masters. He's actually a great account. I don't mean to trash him. Like I love following him because he, he really does tweet really good stuff. It was just, it's just funny because every four days there's a new Kadarius Tony tweet. And I'm like, bro, we get it. You well, there was a lot it. of them that we went at after um, early on in the season. But, um, you know, speaking of availability, we're talking about Sterling Shepard. We're talking about Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay, not available. So one thing that I talked about earlier is about, how I feel like we're right on the cusp. The New York Giants have two first-round picks next year. Rightfully so, if we're in a position, I'm okay with us taking two offensive linemen or if by somehow we can get Tibbs or Aiden Hutchinson, let's get the edge guy. But if not, two offensive linemen in the first round, and I'm happy. But 
We talked about the availability of these wide receivers. Who knows if he'll be available? Good chance he might be. How do you guys feel about maybe adding Justin Ross out of Clemson to this uh, squad next year? I mean, no more receivers. No more receivers. He he sucks. No more receivers. I mean, he was phenomenal before he broke his neck. He's just got that fucking – He doesn't look like the same player. Every time he gets hit now, he just – that dude goes to the sideline more than anyone else now. He's not right. He's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't just, even I'm think thinking about go. availability. That's all. I think I know he'll be there. So I don't, yeah, I don't I'll tell you who I like a lot. Like first round match or like later in the round? He's going to drop hard. Yeah, well, I mean, I, the mocks I saw, they had him going in the second round. So obviously, we knew he would have been a first too. round talent had he not gotten hurt. So he's just a frame. I, actually, it's funny you say that because I was watching. Clemson the other day, uh, he dropped I off think, hard. I it, look, I'm I'm not opposed to taking another wide receiver next year. I'm yeah, just man. not doing it in the first round. Chris Olave, he'll probably be gone, but I would drool. So State. there's a guy named Wandale Robinson. I'm gonna go ahead and yeah. give you guys a little Debbie love. Wandale is. Do you know who Wandale is? Yeah. All right, that's a guy that I like a lot, and I think his play style is similar to like a Tony slash Rondell more obviously similar names um i like him a lot keep an eye on him next year i don't know where he'll go he's been really good um for kentucky like he's just he's just one of those players when he gets the ball in his hands everyone watches like i wouldn't mind taking him if i mean i don't think he's going to go in the first or second round so if we're talking like i think we have two thirds next year or is it two fifths now because we traded one of the thirds i think it's two thirds yeah, so like if we have a like a late third or or we move up into the late third, early third or late third, like he's a player that I'd love to bring in. I mean, if we have I as mean, many picks, because let's face it, his team is strapped against the cap next year. So you're not it's bringing in you're yeah. not bringing in any more free agents. Uh, I mean, you're gonna have to look at the draft and improve this roster. So I mean, all, all of our big free agents will still be here. You still have Saquon. You still have Danny. So. I, I think this team does need to add another wide receiver, man, especially with the availability of all, all, all these guys. Darius Slayton has missed games. Shepard has missed games. Darius Tony has missed games. Kenny Galladay still missing games. I mean, there it, oddly enough, John Ross has been one of our most healthy wide receivers. Well, he started the year on IR, but, yes, yeah, since then he has. Yeah. What were you going to say, J.P.? I was just curious, like, what do you guys think about this Kenny Galladay situation? Like, because a lot of people are saying, oh, he got paid and he mailed it in. Like, five different injuries in the first, like, seven weeks, like, or six weeks, I guess, at that point. Like, that's fucking bizarre, man. His hip, his foot, his ankle, his knee, his, like, his hamstring. Like, I, listen, I've been watching Kenny Galladay for the last couple of years. Like, I know he's had issues. Like, last year there was the hip. But outside of that, like, I don't know, man. Like, that's kind of bizarre to have a guy come in and, and him have that many injuries. I'm kind of with you. I mean, I know that they talked to him. They brought him in because they wanted to make sure, I guess, that this wouldn't be an issue. I, I don't know if he's mailing in or he's not, but, I mean, he played his ass off in that Saints game. Oh, he looked angry. And in the Washington so, game, like, he looked angry when he was playing in a good way. So, I mean, I it, it's hard to tell. I think the jury's still out. But, I mean, the contract that they gave him is – it's going to end up being an albatross. I mean, I that's, hope not. that's the thing that bothers me, but yeah, I mean, I, I like, like a Dory Jackson has been playing a lot better. I think, you know, when you're watching him play, it looks like he's actually 
somewhat of the player that you thought he was. I know you guys don't like Jordan Renanen and Lewis Riddick, obviously for you know obvious reasons, but I listened to that podcast last week and he made a good point about the Giants. And he said, you know, there's a reason Adoree Jackson is still isn't still a Tennessee Titan. It's because of the flashes. And he made a point about how a GM long ago had told him that one of the things that gets players, coaches fired and GMs fired is flashes. If there's a player that gives you flashes, but they're not consistent, that will get you fired and hitching your wagon to that type of player. And I mean, that's been the problem with Saquon. It's been the problem with Daniel. It's been the problem. It's not all with, the roster. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, there's these flashes where you're like Evan Ingram. I mean, he's a great example. It's like, you see the talent, you see those games where it's like, dude, if you gave this guy 10, 12 targets a game, like he's a superstar. But at the same time, it's like then he has the games where he drops these passes. He's getting hurt. There's no consistency. And I think that's one of the things with this regime that you see, like they're just willing to hitch their wagons to inconsistent players. And that's one of the reasons why the Giants are where they are. It's like there's no consistency or continuity. And from each week, it's like it's like we just said, Murph, like, you know, one week, Danny looks phenomenal. Next week, they got him playing like a different, completely different game plan. And it's like, yeah, you got to switch it up a little bit. But at the same time, like. He's a gunslinger. He's not a game manager. So, like, stop trying to make him one. Dory is- played his ass off against the Chiefs, though. He played really well. He did play very, very well. And the other thing is, too, is that I don't think they're utilizing him to his biggest strengths. Dory's a speed guy, right? I mean, use him to match up uh, on the opponents, and that's something that I don't think they did really well. Uh, you got Jabril Peppers playing in slot. I, I'm they just did too many things that didn't make sense. I'm glad that Patrick Graham sort of got it figured out. Um, it looks like that he'll probably be sticking with the cover, too. It works. Uh, it's generating somewhat of a pass rush. At least this defensive line is getting pressures. We so we'll see. We cannot play that defense against the Raiders. Shout out to Henry Ruggs. Not really, but he's a fucking asshole. And he won't be playing for the Raiders, so they don't really have a downfield threat. <laughs> Darren so Waller is all you got to worry about, they man. They feast on dink and dunking, but with Renfro, Brian Edwards, too. Edwards doesn't really we, – yeah. we cannot give these guys 8 to 10 yards cushion on the outside. They're going to fucking destroy us. The Raiders will beat the Giants this weekend if we do not get up on these guys. Renfro's tiny. Do not give that man space. Fuck him up at the line of scrimmage. Get hands He's on. He's going to eat against us, man. I That's what I'm it. saying, dude. It's so, like, we can't. You can't you can't live that way. You, you really can't play defense in the NFL with well, well like Maze, we've said it a thousand times. By playing corners 10 yards off in the NFL, that's a bend not break mentality through and through. Cause it's like, oh well, when there's only 10 yards left, this defense is gonna be fucking fantastic. And then they just decide to run the ball against us. It's like, well shit. Doesn't create contested catches, doesn't force it's, it's too soft. It's too soft. We cannot play that against the Raiders, man. I, I don't mind the way our defense played. But if we play that far back, don't be surprised Sunday if Renfro has fucking 10 of 10 catches, you know, 10 targets, 10 catches for fucking like 90 yards. And it's just like, but that's my point, though, with the Dory Jackson. Why are you playing 10 yards off the ball? I don't get it. They want him to. They're telling him to do that. It's not. Yeah, but the guy has speed. Well, everything in front of them, which they did a great job with Tyree. Problem is everything under the ball, under underneath is wide open. Joe Judge lost that game. The Chiefs didn't win it. So and, dude, and honestly, the other thing is the Giants lost that game. Maybe it's not just Joe because yes, it's Joe's team, but the penalties. There's multiple things that could have. That's on Joe Judge. It's on Joe Judge, but it's also the false starts is like, these are fucking grown adults. The bro. false starts is ridiculous at this. I agree, point. but I mean, it, have some pride, man. Again, I mean, the fact that you're blaming it on the headsets. Why do you not have audibles or hand signals? I, I mean. 
it, it's just stupid. He was you, making you, hand you, signals though. So it's like, he does have them. Why is he not using them more? But I've it, seen it, him on the sideline doing, you know, jerking himself off and stuff. Like, see, yeah, I'm kind of with Dina, man. Like I just, I, I can get over that kind of shit. I can't get over the penalties. Yeah. Because it's every single That's fucking week. Well, also, like, one bro, we lost the Redskins game because it's fucking penalties. The whole penalty ourselves. on Danny's run. Offsides. All we did was cry about how we got fucked. And yeah, we got fucked, but we had already beaten ourselves. It was almost exactly like the Chiefs game. The Atlanta game, we had him stopped on fourth down, and Logan Ryan got called for pass interference yeah, on the pass breakup. I mean, our penalties this year are absolutely outrageous. And what drives me nuts, I think, the most about all of this is everything that we're doing is exactly what Joe preached to us that wouldn't happen or he'll yeah, take care of. And yeah. that's what fucking drives me nuts. Like, the attention to detail is awful all around the board. Coaching, um, GM, whatever you want to say, players, it's awful. The Bro, preparation, so I, we can't see what they're doing preparation-wise. I mean, I, I do think Joe runs probably a good program from a practice standpoint. Um Conditioning, man. I mean, like we made fun of everybody who who was giving Joe Judge shit. But like, dude, how many soft tissue injuries have we had? A lot of the injuries we had could have just been wear and tear from beating these guys. In yeah, the but it, Joe Judge ran the same program last year, and we didn't have as many injuries. So, as many, but we still had some. Yeah, but What's it wasn't up? that bad. Our offensive line was intact all season. Yeah, last year was a good year. You're right. I, I mean, yeah. So I let's ask this. Is, is, is Saquon a giant moving forward? Does John Mayer say, well, he puts butts in seats and paying him? Because that's a big decision they got to make. Man. I, I, I you know what? It, I think it's still too early to tell. I'm going to wait to see how his fifth-year option plays out. If Saquon's hurt again next year and misses five, six games, let him walk. Obviously, so this is his fourth year, right? This is year four? Yep. So they have to have they haven't signed his his fifth year option yet. They had they? to decide before the season started, so they did. And they gave it. His, they gave it to him. Yeah, it's like okay. seven and a half million. I think. Him and Jabril, but so my question to you is: Will he even play on it with all the injuries he's had at this point? Is he? Well, he say, has to. Yeah, he's under contract, bro. It's team option, not player. Ain't the NBA. So you don't think he pulls some Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell? You know, nah. I mean, he I can mean, hold it, out it, for it, a new contract any any way he wanted to, but like he has. Well, no it, that's the ground. whole point of the fifth year option was to give them because it's based on the average of whatever it is, the top ten salaries at that position or something like that. I so. mean, John is essentially right. He could essentially be like, "I want, I want a new." It deal. could hold out. Now, I don't like, see Saquon doing that. Yeah, first of all, I mean, I don't see him doing what's that. Saquon going to hold out for? They, yeah. they would trade him before they paid him. He's got that's, zero. That's my thing. Is like, all right. So from his perspective as a player, you got to think of it. So I was talking. to My father called me today, and he's old school time from the Bronx. Guy's eighty years old. He was a Marine. He fucking hates everything about the world right now. But he was talking about Odell and he was like, yo, like this kid is like, he's an idiot. And I was like, I get where you're coming from, but like playing devil's advocate, think about how this team has tanked his stock to the, to the extent of he's not going to get paid again because he's not getting utilized the right way. And like, yeah, he's been heard. He's had his own case in it. I'm saying from a player's perspective, they think about it from like, yo, my career could be over by 28, 29. And that's it. Like if I didn't get a good contract and I didn't make that hundred million dollars or whatever it is, or for a guy like Odell, who feels like he probably could have got a second contract. Like, of course they're going to force their way into a better situation. Cause they're thinking about it from the next 10 years from now. Like, am I going to be good where I could just do whatever I want after football? And like, I have all these injuries, my, my hips fucked up. My groin was fucked up. My knee, my ankle, you have all these surgeries. So a guy like Saquon, like 
as much as I love him and I think he's a guy that wants to win for New York and he wants to be here and see something built great. I do believe that you also got to think of it. Like the people in his ear are going to be like, bro, you're a running back in the next four years. You may not be the same guy. And if you didn't get paid, paid, you're fucked. So he's, I like, he's got no ground money. He's got nothing to stand on. I mean, Odell had everything to stand on. He had yeah. the whole fucking city to stand on and, and his success and his TDs. But the thing with Saquon is every, every week that goes by that he doesn't play, the more he becomes more or less valuable times too, because yeah, I mean he's already missed so much time. <clears throat> I mean, I, yeah, you're you're totally right. He could have guys in his ear saying, you know, you need to watch your back for yourself for the future and stuff. But like again, like even if he came to camp next year and was like, I want a new deal, knowing I'll be here, the Giants could just be like, no, and yeah. fine him for not showing up, or they could trade him, probably not get what they want, or. They just let him rot. I mean, he's under contract. All right, yeah. look. So, right now, who's the best running back in football? I mean, Derrick Henry, but he just got hurt. So, Derrick Henry this year is making $13.5 million over the next two years, $15 million. So, that's the that's the cream of the crop. I mean, well, I know I, I know Zeke is making more. And nobody too, right? Nobody, yeah. But nobody – and even C-Mac has proven that – so if guys like Zeke injuries, and even the- C-Mac are like, that's it, man. Like, it, it, they ruined the market. So what about, what, Aaron Jones what about Kamara? Aaron Jones got three years, but I think the third year was like a ghost year. And it was like that's probably the new norm. Yeah. What did, so what did Kamara get? Because he just got paid. Kamara well, and Calvin I, I know that Chubb also uh, he got a deal a for around 12 and a half mil. People were like, yo, he took um, nothing. But I think he was smart. He just got hurt again this year. Kamara is still. I this is he got paid a lot, I have no right? idea. So Kamara. Oh, Dalvin here's Cook. his cap number. All right. So this year he's only making five mil, then 14 and a half, 14, 14.8, <clears throat> and then 25 in the last year. <laughs> of course, that'll end up being like that's what these years. all are. They're all backloaded. Same with Aaron Jones. He's what about but that that he's last making a mill for the first two years? That last year has yeah. no dead cap, uh, no dead money on it, of and course. just all cap savings. So they could cut him in final year. Say what, what about Dalvin Cook? Do we know what he got paid? Because I think he got a he got a pretty big contract. And Joe Mixon, he was another one. Like those are guys that just got paid. So I feel like that's the market for for running backs yeah, right but, now. Look, I mean Dalvin, 12, 14, 15, 14 and a half. Guys, so, I, don't, I don't want to say back at all. I know. I'm sorry. At, the, at that price, I mean, no, like, not. I mean, I don't even think I really want to resign him at this point. You're just done. I, I just, we need, if this is the offense we're going to run, He's we not need a guy, guy that's going to be consistent back there. I mean, if Saquon wants to come and, and sign a really cheap deal, great, but we still need another running back. That's I mean, why I was so freaking Saquon's pissed. Saquon's not a bell cow. <clears throat> but we could have got a guy like a like a Kenny Gainwell. Um, there was uh, what's the other kid's name? Um, Elijah, Elijah Mitchell, Mitchell was drafted. Like, that's what I'm saying, man. Like we, there was guy. That's my point about this team that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like you wanted if, if the Giants are going to run this type of offense. I mean, you you almost wanted to almost mirror what Cleveland's kind of yeah. doing. If you bring in a guy like Elijah Mitchell to do the dirty work, if Elijah Mitchell was on then, his team right now, man, Saquon can do whatever the hell he wanted to do. You could you could literally have Elijah Mitchell in the backfield and Saquon out wide every fucking snap. It would be and you could be like running the trickery. opposite of Cleveland. It'd yeah, be the opposite of Cleveland because they yeah. got Chubb in the back. And he's really, obviously, they're one. But like, 
you could use Saquon as your weapon, but again, like you can't pay him, but I want another running back, man. I've been asking for a power back for years and I thought Saquon was going to give us that kind of push, but like, it's just not turning out to be that, that type of way. And that's just not the player he is, but man, in a perfect world, we would have brought back Alfred Morris and we'd be fucking undefeated, man. It just sucks. Yeah, Wayne Gallman too. Odell Beckham as, as well, right? Wayne Gallman, man, he's. I was shocked he hasn't gotten any burn anywhere. He was pretty solid for us. I mean, because he did one thing: run straight. Yeah, the thing Saquon can't do. I know, and he runs hard, angry. All right, so we're heading on an hour now. Uh, JP, fantasy wise, we don't give yeah. a shit about your opinion. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you what, we're going to include fantasy in this episode just because Tino wanted to. Uh, week eight, halfway point. Yeah. Who are your buys and sells? Oh, man. So, I, I mean, I always try to buy low, you know, sell high, obviously. I think everyone understands that concept right now. So, running back wise, I'm buying Antonio Gibson wherever I can get him. Um, obviously, the situation sucks for people that invested a top pick in him, you know, maybe like early second, early third. But he's hurt, and they're obviously utilizing Patterson as a runner and McKissick as a, as a passing back because they don't want to put this guy on IR. They want to still utilize him, so they're just more of a committee right now. Um, he's got the talent and upside in that offense, in my opinion, to be a top seven back. Um, this is in fantasy, not real life. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm buying him. Calvin Ridley, obviously. Like, I mean, he's a player that I think he's going to probably be out for the rest of the year. Maybe he comes back last couple of weeks, but I, I think he's a player that you just go and buy low. I've, I've got a couple of shares. Um, Cortland Sutton's another one that I really, really like. I think that offense as a whole is, is in a situation where they're going to get a better quarterback. And when they do um, it's kind of, it's just going to take off. Um, so those are three guys I, I guess I'm buying right now. Um, sells. That's interesting. Um, I haven't really looked at any sales lately. I, so I really guess he's got to be in there. I know. I know. Is it possible to have a guy that's a buy and a sell? Yeah. I mean, I, I think so. I mean, you obviously have to look at your team, right? Like, so in one of my leagues, I'm, I'm really, really deep at wide receivers. So I had the ability to kind of play around with it. And I bought Ridley there. Obviously, if he's your wide receiver too, yes, you're, you're definitely selling on a competing team. Um, I Somebody think offered me a first and two seconds for him. I declined. If we strictly, so we're strictly talking dynasty here. Is that we what do mostly is? dynasty? That's that's mostly what I because there's man. some guys that yeah. go both ways, but I was just curious. Yeah, Johnny, Johnny goes, Johnny goes both ways. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Yep. Um, so yeah, Mike, J- Johnny asked before if anybody's ever hit on a guy late. So, <laughs> so Mike Williams is probably my biggest sell in dynasty right now. Um, I think there's for three different reasons. One, He's been injury prone his entire career. That doesn't just go away that he's had injury and there's serious injuries. Like he's had a neck issue. He's had issues with his lower body. If you watch him play zero regard for his body, when he plays, he'll jump up 20 feet in the air and just land right on his freaking neck. Um, so he's, he's a big sell for me. Also contract the, year too. What's that? Yeah, exactly. Year. Yeah. Yeah. Contract year. And, and just as a whole, I just don't think he can keep this up. I mean, there's been weeks where he has 15, 16 targets. Then there's weeks where he has three or four. Um, he's just not been the type of consistent player that I want him to be throughout his career. And I think he's finally at a point where you could sell. Um, Cooper cup too, man. Like he's, a, so if you're a contender, it's hard, right? Cause like, he's probably going to help you win a championship, but at the same time, it's like what he's doing right now at his age. Um, 
if you're not a top team or you're in a situation where you're trying to get the farm for them, like I'm going to go out and get a player that I re- like, if I'm adding a little bit to it, go get like an AJ Brown or go get a CD lamb or, or go get, you know, even a Jerry Judy plus like a player that has the talent and the capability to be a top producer, but at the same time, isn't at that top level. Um, I don't know, but th- th- that's one guy that I just, two guys actually that I just can't really see being, you know, consistent long-term um oh another buy too i really like Corey davis i just think right now that situation in in new, new york is just fucked um buy mike white yeah you feeling it zach wilson's a bust merv you didn't even bring it up you say you want to talk about the jets baby yeah he did 405 yards mike white three touchdowns nobody brings up the two interceptions but they're going fucking nuts over that kid man so I laugh. Like, I mean, I guess Magic that's just Mike. Our, that's, that's my that's my new nickname for him. I don't know if anybody's used that's to how that, we but I'm him Magic when we, Mike when we win games because New York so Radio good. and Jets fans were off the fucking train. This I don't know, man. I'm feeling the Mike White fever, especially in Dynasty. I tried to pick him up wherever I could. I wasn't going nuts. But hey, look, if this kid comes out and like, it, you know what? Because my, I actually watched that Jets game. Mike White played like a kid that had nothing to lose. Well, he knew he didn't. He knew he was in a situation where he's like, this is my time now or never. The interesting thing about that is people are trying. So your boy Ethan was on Twitter talking about how, you know, Giants fans don't want to compare Daniel Jones to Mike White because that just looks bad. It's like Daniel Jones has done what Mike White's done, did on like five different occasions. Just his well, I think he was using year. that because Giants fans were comparing Daniel Jones to Pat Mahomes. So, well, it's fair too, because they fucking played again. Everybody wants to talk about how we play pump plumber quarterbacks and win games. They're like, Daniel Jones beat case Keenum. No, you fuck. He beat the defense he was playing against. So if we can't do that against those guys, why are we, why can't we do it against Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert or all these other guys? Like, it's just hilarious to me comparing him, not comparing him to Mike White in that situation because you don't want to fit a narrative. It's I it, it would be great. I mean, oh, I know that man. I know that you've said it. I know Murph's been a huge Mac Jones fans, but I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, we all said it at some point. We didn't think Zach Wilson was worthy of the second overall pick. Not at all. So Tino you know, or JP's a Fields guy. Yes, I am a big fan. Yeah, which guy, I, I, I said know. Fields is the number one quarterback in the draft. But yeah, he's, he's mine too, Tino. Yeah, yeah. I, I think what we saw from him this week, a lot of people were like, well, you're not understanding Matt Nagy hasn't been calling plays the last couple of weeks. You can't tell me Nagy not being on the sideline. He didn't look looser, more relaxed. Like, yeah, he played a, a lesser defense. Obviously, you'd be fucking dumb not to like realize that. But at the same time, like, their defense also isn't trash. I mean, we're talking about the 49ers here. They have studs all over the field. Their defensive line is ferocious. Their their front seven really is actually very good. So I just I, I was excited to see him play well. I still think that he has a very high ceiling. Um, Justin like Fields exactly. never came out said that the NFL was too slow for him though. Well, they're <laughs> also fucking that kid over, just like we fucked yeah. Danny over. He should not be yeah. playing right now. Well, you know what? It, that, it, that's a common theme in the NFL now, and yep. we won't go Brains too much up. longer. I know we're over an hour now, so. Um, but same thing with the giant situation, get rid of Daniel Jones and let's get Malik Willis or one of these other quarterbacks. Oh no one wants to let a quarterback sit anymore. You, get, you thrust them into a situation and that's how you end up fucking breaking these quarterbacks. The Jets did it with Sam Donald, but Sam Donald's situations don't surround them with anything. And the guy's fucked. Yeah. Zach Wilson, you're seeing it right now. Zach Wilson wasn't very good. 
with a lot of the underneath or the intermediate stuff. That's where Mike White made his money, 405 yards passing. So the problem is that these guys are being thrust into situations way too early. Look, I thought Matt Nagy did the right thing by saying Andy Dalton's our starter, and then he succumbed to pressure with everybody wanting to see Justin Fields. As soon as Andy Dalton was ready to go, I would have made Andy Dalton my starter again. Justin Fields, hey, look, sit, watch, learn. But too many teams want to rush these young quarterbacks into these situations into prime uh, prime time. It's, it's, it's honestly ruining quarterback play. It is. Look at Trevor is. Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence doesn't look like the number one overall pick that people touted for the last four years. Urban Meyer, man, he's well. I mean, it's and I know I'm gonna catch shit because I know Murph hates him, but like Tua, for example, he's gotten the worst fucking situation. Imagine being on a team, you're coming off like a career-ending injury, you come back from it, you're still hurt, they're putting you in games, they're pulling you from games. Your offensive scheme is horrible. You have one of the worst offensive lines in the league, your weapons are shit. Then you come out the next year, and instead of drafting yourself a guy like Suell or Slater, you're like, fuck it, let's trade up and take a guy like Waddle and not use him correctly because our offensive line is so bad. And then you blame him for all the issues that are going on. But when he's played well, he's played phenomenal. And it's like, these are glimpses. It's, I remember, uh, I think his name's Brian. It's something with a K. I can't remember. You guys may know him. But he talks about quarterbacks and he has a lot of evaluations. And he always says, you should look at the best a quarterback's played and the worst a quarterback's played. And that's kind of where in the middle you can see he'll settle. He's not always going to have those peaks and valleys, but at the same time, like that's kind of where you can see like the median. And I think two is a good franchise quarterback. He may not be a top five superstar, like he's not Justin Herbert, but I think he's going to be a very good franchise quarterback. And it's like, you just haven't given this player the opportunity to succeed and you're ready to give up on him in year two. I disagree on that. I disagree on two. I don't think two is going to be much in the NFL, but at as the same time, no. As much as I don't like him, it's the same situation as Daniels. He's been getting fucked. And his team's out here talking. About, it's worse than Daniels, well, We don't actually. know it. That's kind of the point Daniels. that I was making, though, about quarterbacks in right. general yeah. coming out. It's, it's, is that they're thrusting into the limelight way too quickly, <laughs> expected to do more with less. I mean, it, typically you would draft your quarterback and then you would build around your quarterback before they're ready. Aaron Rodgers has had a long lustrous career how how many years did he sit behind Brett Favre three four yeah four. yeah they're doing yeah. it again with their next quarterback and so the, the I Niners mean are doing it with Lance. that is the smart way to go about it that's how you build a franchise quarterback you make sure you have the pieces in place you don't throw Sam Darnold out there or Zach Wilson without fucking offensive line it's just it's now, stupid but the thing with Tua though is Fitz was the starter Fitz got hurt so that kind of changes shit but yeah, but we could go on and on. So, Giants take on the Raiders this Sunday. What do you guys think? Win, loss, real quick. Tino. I'm not going to the game, thank God. That's all I have. That's my thought. Oh, shit. Tino hung his tickets up. No, well, I'm just not going to the game. I have other things going on. I don't want to say I may or may not have been choosing. I may or may not have chosen a wedding over the Giants for the second home game in a row, but I have, and I don't give a fuck because I blame you one bit. I'm I'm not eating those $20 shitty chicken tenders another time this season until I see a fucking product on the field. I give a shit about. I'm proud of you. More people need to be like Tino. That, That fucking place should be empty. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. That's what this is. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Oh, Mage, do we get our 13 COVID players back or not? 
<laughs> Saquon tested negative. Uh, yeah, I know. His, I saw, yeah. I just saw that. So, so if he gets it one is. more, but the thing is, again, like, is he gonna? Is his ankle okay? Right? He wasn't like, gonna play anyways. They're bringing him back after the bye. They're the what most the predictable. We're the most predictable mm-hmm. franchise of all time. Well, that's well, a whole with the bye week, week lingering, the team's gonna b- want to be real tentative with Saquon. Like, just fucking say he's coming back after the bye. Like, enough with the dumb fucking comments in the media. Fucking say we go. We'll save that for next week. Saquon's ass better be on the field if he's not fucking COVID positive. I doubt it, but uh, we lose. Derek Carr goes off. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, they're shredding Tony on Twitter, by the way. Yeah, they are. <laughs> wow, wow the Browns will release Odell Beckham soon. Just came out. I just traded for him in the podcast league. I didn't get to talk fantasy, but uh. Yeah, my buys are Keenan Allen got him. Pick up Odell because he's going to go to a good team, which we have figured he's going to do anyways. Michael Carter, if you could touch him, doubt it. But Michael Carter. Leonard Fournette, he's on a buy and redraft. Pick up Leonard Fournette. He just had a down week. He's on a buy. I just bought him in a league. And then sell fucking Damian Harris. You can get way more than you think for Damian Harris right now, especially in Dynasty. Sell Damian Harris's ass. Real quick. I'll tell you what, Michael Carter, a lot of people – Laid off of him. I ended up with a lot of Michael Carter shares. I'm happy that I did. Yeah, and you want to know what's crazy is Ty Johnson. So, like, that's why, like, from redraft, it's funny. Like, definitely Michael Carter in Dynasty. And then right now in redraft, I don't even know. Like, you can get Ty Johnson for free in a lot of leagues. People are overlooking him. The Jets offense stinks. And, like, they're just kind of throwing both of them the ball and just kind of going for it. And, like, Carter is super talented, so that'll make up for most of it. But Ty Johnson is getting, like, six receptions a game. Murph, are you still in that podcast, Lee? Yeah, he's with me in that. He doesn't, he doesn't care, but. Yeah. yeah, I uh, went three and then I stopped caring. Everyone's five and three, four and four, three and five. So if I remember too, hey, was that, that the league? Was that the league we all start? Like you were talking about, or no? Nah, it's just different. Oh, but, okay. Am I not in the league with JP? Because what we are, what we're in shit show. We're in shit show together. Okay, we're in shit show. I can't yeah, yeah. tell. Everyone's got different names. And stuff. I'm always Don Parmesan. I'm yeah, never changed. <laughs> I'll start updating so I can make a comeback and be trash too. Yeah, I normally just reject trades right away because I don't like trading with people. But I really—I noticed that. I think I've off- i only offered you one trade in the last like year, but <laughs> it, I, pro- I mean, it, it was, was probably horrible. So that's why I, I don't know. even remember if it was that bad. I just know literally I sent it, and before I could even go back to the main screen, it was already rejected. <laughs> I was like, Jesus! I just please. like the clear notifications as soon as I see him. It's like, no, nah, all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm an ad drop guy. I normally don't trade, but this is the time of year to trade. This is this is the time of year to trade because because uh, of bye weeks and injuries and just everything. So. Oh, man. Well, all right. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of Clapback Sports. That was your Giants talk. That was your brief fantasy talk. Uh, Giants went a little bit longer than they expected, you know. Uh, but you didn't really say much during it. So, yeah. I'm, I guess I'm we depressed to get line over here in my corner. So, it's fine. <laughs> It'll get better. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of Clapback Sports. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Peace and love, everyone.